Welcome to CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs. So, Christian, welcome to CTO Confessions. It's great to have you on board, sir. Thank you, TC. That's brilliant. So, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? So, yeah, my name is uh, Christian Rudolph. I'm currently the head of DevOps Transformation at TUI. And um, yeah, I started uh, as a system administrator a long time ago um, as well at TUI. Um, had a small uh, engagement before with a smaller company, but um, yeah, really my technical career started at TUI um, and was very early in the virtualization space included. Brilliant. And then, then over time made up my, my career of a cloud, different projects. Um, yeah, and then to, ended up uh, as a head of different departments and now leading since two years our yeah, DevOps transformation practice um, at TUI um, and helping there our company to, to move to a DevOps likely organization um, to move away from what we have done before, very business oriented, come to, to a more techno- technology company to bring this forward. Overall, I'm now 17 years at TUI, so wow. it's a long journey, but with different um, roles. And even even if I was all the time employed from the same company, from a contract perspective, I feel like I moved three times around inside the company to work with completely different people. So as you can imagine, an enterprise is sometimes yeah, a little bit different when you change the role, even if you have the same company who hosts your contract. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So quite an interesting journey. And it sounds like, I mean, 17 years at one place is uh, is pretty, pretty impressive. So well done on that. So I'm going to ask a really, really simple question. In some respects, might be a bit of a dumb question, but just just to kind of clarify what TUI is trying to do. What is the problem that you're trying to solve in the market? Yeah. So yeah, TUI as a whole, as you mentioned, like we have different uh, brands in the markets. Um, and then we are a, a holiday company. So we make sure that you have, uh, in hopefully, the best time during your holidays when you go on a trip, that you have the best time there, make a smile on your face, um, that you can enjoy your uh, most important weeks of the year with us. And that's what we try as well yeah, to solve, to make you happy during your, your vacations, during your trips to do that. Um, besides the normal holiday business, what you know from us, um, we have as well a great asset company. So we own a lot of hotels around, we have a lot of aircrafts, we have cruise ships, but also trying to make your stay inside the destination as remarkable as possible to the different excursions we offer. So we try really to bring you the complete um, chain when you go to a holiday, to a complete journey to yeah. make it best remarkable as possible. I love it. I love it. And uh, I must admit, you know, uh, using your services, it does feel like a very kind of slick operation. So this, this kind of brings me on to the question around, you know, uh, this is obviously uh, directed towards tech leaders out there. So what the hell have we got a tech leader on here talking about a holiday company? But there's a lot of tech behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you know? So like every company becomes a software company. The same goes for us as a travel company. So there's much more uh, yeah, technology involved now than it was like 20 years ago. Uh, you had, um, for example, in the destinations, people who had like a clipboard to know, oh yeah, is this a guest we have? Um, which hotel he needs to go? Now you have all these on iPads or other tablets um, where they just can see that, but also it's involved how the consumers needed us. Yes. Um, today you see a lot of people 
using smartphones, whatever, to check in and details. It feels so usual for us. If you speak to people who like build as the first, the as it will never happen. We don't need that. And yeah. all this, it's, it's technology. And you see more and more of a focus in the travel industry as well on technology. And this also for us to, to be similar to what we have done in other areas, to be in the forefront of that. Brilliant. I love it. And I imagine as other companies that use your services, the, the services that you use in other companies, it's all becoming digitally integrated. There's kind of uh, the, the normal paths of information and, and acknowledgements and, and feedbacks are all in that kind of digital space. Yeah, absolutely. So you see a lot of third, uh, not third party, but also retailers. Also, we are using other um, services from others where we all digital connect. So um, we recently launched a new a partnership with a new to, um, uh, tour operator um, and as well a um, uh, excursion operator where we had to integrate all the APIs to bring us together. But it's like in the past, it was like, yeah, yeah, you send us some Excel sheets, uh, then it was already good when it was not a fax or something else. Um, <laughs> now, now you have all these kinds of, yeah, you, we only integrate the API and this can be done very quickly. So yeah. move moves forward. Um, but you lose as well a little bit of transition. So I remember one time, so I'm not sure if you have seen that, but when you go into the airport, there was sometimes this red um, luggage up on the belt where it was called yeah. written co-mail. So that was how we send a lot of times information to our destinations. Right. So we put it on the aircraft with the, with the customers to, oh my, to change really? things and everything. Yeah, you really sent it. So that's why it was so difficult to change a name or to when somebody didn't join uh, to bring them on that. But yeah, some of the things were sent like uh, once a week with a big luggage printed on that to, to bring it to our destinations. Wow, that's fascinating. I did not know that. So yeah, things have moved on a little bit, you know, kind of thing. Um, and so... This brings me on to you as the tech leader. What's the problem that you're solving within the organization? Yeah. So yeah, my, my job is mainly together with my team. So we we working as an enabling team for other teams. So we are there if you don't know how, who to start to develop and also how we bring in for our people so, or for our developers the developer experience to a good status. So I'm there to help with okay, we, we need to understand what we are doing um, from a yeah, CI, CD perspective. We need to understand how we do better coding in our environment. How do we start to work more in an agile way? Um, everything, if you start a new service and you would build a perfect service, that's our job to enable this for our organization. Right. And this goes on not only for new things, but also for existing teams you would like to to become better. And we are their sparring partner a lot of times. Brilliant. I love it. And I imagine this is quite challenging because being in the tech space uh, previously, I used to be a programmer. Um, I mean, people don't like change anyway, you know, so you're kind of offering uh, a new way of working. I mean, how do people kind of, how does that land with people when they go, we've got this great new way of working and it's going to really help you. How do you go about onboarding people? Um, it's it's very different. So there are two, two types of people you normally have. Um, you have the one who approach us, then it's very easy because they ask us, can you help us and to make this happen? Um, and then you have a lot of good conversations and very, yeah, uh, it's very fluent. How did you do that? Um, but there's also the other ones where, where their manager told them, oh yeah, we should do that. 
and you know the resistance of change or even if you challenge them about some of the existing things they have done um, you get a lot of challenge back of course and people some of them don't like it um, what we normally try to do is like to really help them and show them how it could be better and put it more in their direction together with them to to make them responsible if they like to change or not because we will be only there for a short-term engagement so our job is normally like yeah a maximum of four weeks we try to do that to help them to get started um because the team is very small we can't sustain like long-term relationship we still help them but this yeah. can't be an individual discussion with them but to help them and to show them okay that's the way how we see it's a it's the best one and adapt a little bit as well to their problems because there are a lot of different challenges in each team what are the root causes for their well, yeah, problems in the end sure yeah so um yeah so it's a bit of a mixed bag um and i'm curious around the actual outcome of the great work that you do because i mean i'm a big believer in what you know what devops really good devops can deliver i've seen some great examples of this um so what are we talking about here is it time saving cost saving um both of them hopefully um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no so then what we provide them is just like helping to yeah definitely increase their deployment frequencies that they can deploy faster so to get to to help them to be faster in delivering of their feature sets so and this will save costs but also help our business to deliver feature in a faster way yeah it's not only that it's also to really bring them as well in a healthier state from a team perspective because one of the things very important what we we learn all the time is you need a healthy team to deliver fast technology will not solve it alone process will not solve it alone but people are also not alone so you need all three categories to really fit together um to get the stuff going and that's where we help with it depends where it is um to make the right choice where you should concentrate to to help the team with the biggest issue yes and a lot of times we get asked back okay we have this challenge how did we get a resolve that um, and that's where it's important to get the outcomes then as well for them. Like, did you really concentrate on the real thing? Um, we recently had a discussion with the team as I mentioned, just, oh yeah, we only need a fix for our like um, Kubernetes workload, how do we bring this in a pipeline? But the, they had a complete different fundamental problem. And it's for us to tell them, to tell them the truth, that this is not the problem. The problem yes. is somewhere else. Yes. And it's sometimes hard. A lot of pe- teams don't like that. And but then there are two ways to that and we had it as well um and that where you shouldn't take it personally the teams resisted um the suggestions we made yes um and we want to force them because in the end we are not their their authority not their managers we can only guide them yeah. some of them you really need to work through but they need to you need to accept on both sides to really be successful Yes. I, I love the way TUI have kind of set this up. I, I, I'm, again, interested in why TUI kind of created this kind of team that you've got, Christian, you know, to to bring DevOps into the organization. Because, um, yeah, I mean, how did that come about? Um, how does it came? So we had started our cloud journey a few years back where we said, yes, we move everything to the cloud. Cloud is a new uh, heady grail where everything is fixed yeah you get to automatic speed and everything uh yeah we discovered as well that's not the truth um 
our DevOps transformation um, team. At the beginning, it was only me, but we now extended to five people. Wow. Um, and he was a big advocate for that. And from this onwards, we had, or I had in this time, um, the green light to speak to everyone to show, okay, let's build a few servers where we can really make this happen um, to show how it could be, how it could it work. And we had the good time was we had a lot of the senior leaders as well in our company to appreciate that. And they understood, okay, if it's working there, why not can we not scale it? And that's where we now started to build the team to make this happen and also um, build some platforms around that. So we started to build to three platforms, which we, which my team partially operates as well. So we have, we have a little bit divided now the team between a platform area and a coaching area to yeah. don't get less distracted too much. Um, where we said, okay, we have a tool chain which supports you and is pre-integrated, which speeds you up if you start something. Yeah, and if you can prove that, it's very very fast become um, the narrow down. Okay, yes, let's let expand that and make it bigger. Yes, and that's how we, how we came to to build my my area at the moment, and then that was like okay, let's prove it that we believe what we heard everywhere out in, in the market. When you tell me who you speak to, yeah, DevOps was everywhere um, highlighted. It's it's like fix all your problems. <laughs> Um, no, it doesn't. Um, it only shows you a lot of times where your real problem lies. That's yes. my, my view on it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's how we build it, um, our function out of that and also um, our platform or developer experience area more and more because it became very clear for us. If the developers are happy, you get most of the time the operations people happy as well and especially when they work on the same team, it becomes easier for them. Yeah, that's why we put our own slogan in our own team. It's like, okay, our job is to make the developer experience as as easy as possible. Yes, I like it, and I love this idea that you kind of created a, a platform that that allows maybe to kind of pick up the kind of process off the shelf. You know, it's almost like there you go. We, the, here's one we prepared earlier, kind of thing. You know, a template of sorts. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is one of the biggest parts which we, or biggest assets to share. Okay, that's what we did. And the positive side of that, we now have teams who adopted the process and found things which we could do better. better. And we started some kind of inner sourcing um, on its own. Um, and this makes it even better than to contribute to others to say, yeah, these five teams done it as well. And they brought in your, the, idea, the following ideas, which maybe are an interest for you as well. And that's what helps us really to, to become a company where you contribute internally, where you help each other internally, which we haven't been, been in the last 10 years when you see that. So from the journey perspective from our organization, it's growing, yeah. it's becoming better, and it helps massively to bring this together and yeah, to make it successful together because everybody look, feels a little bit like he's part of that because he contributed. Mm. Yes, I love it. That's great. And and again, I'm I'm really interested in what the DevOps is. Um, it, it seems like an accelerant for the organization and getting that right. You know, it's not just about doing DevOps, it's about doing DevOps in a way that serves the business. And I, I love this idea of business agility where you're able to kind of get features and changes out as quickly as possible and also to maybe backtrack them if they're not kind of working. Or, um, it, I mean, is that something that you do where you, you, you implement features very quickly to see how they work out in a kind of um, a, a, an isolated group of people, uh, you know, A, a B kind mm -hmm. of testing? 
Yes, yes. So um, we started some years ago already to do A-B testing, but now you can make it much much faster to do the different deployments, to help with the teams, um, to see that. But even, so we, we concentrate first on our customers only. We now start to do it internally with certain applications as well. Oh, wow. Uh, where you get better as better um, feedback as well, where you say a certain group can test certain things to make this happen. Um, and to make this really, really useful, you need as well to have like the setup in your complete organization to do that. So we gone into a massive reorganization last year um, as well to lay the foundation for that. And that's where now you can see how it picks up with like the central enabling teams to enable these small new teams as well to concentrate really on their bit. And mm. um, we reshaped how we how we are organized, but also responsibilities. Um, and with this, you can very fast go and um, develop A-B testing, but also do the updates, rolling updates, and all these kinds of nice and beautiful things which you ever would like to have in the technology space. Um, we're now rolling out more and more. It's not everywhere, to be fair, um, but you know it, it's growing. It's massively growing. We see that that all fits together. I love it. That's great. I mean, this is uh, this is brilliant. And stories that... Sorry, start again. Made a mistake. First mistake. Um, so, Christian, I imagine that there's you know there's a there's a lot of happy endings here. Are there any kind of stories you can share? Because this is CTO Confessions, or where it didn't work and why? Um, yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> <laughs> every time stories where something didn't work, um, I think one of the things what we discovered was like that we tried to do um, too many things at the same time. So yeah. when and, and that's something which I counted even in my team. Um, we try to have everybody, but then you can only focus um, on a certain set and you lose certain ends. And and that will will definitely let you fail because um, people rely then too much on you, and would like to get information and you can't provide them fast enough. So that doesn't work. Um, um, also, if we if you don't do enough testing upfront, yeah. You can screw up the whole system. Wow. Um, we did this as well, um, but this, I think it's normal, and that, that's where, where this all this let's call it negative stories have every time a positive side as well, because we learned something, yeah. and that was the best part in the recent years. It doesn't matter what happens, um, and that was my job and with other leaders together to make sure that it's not as a finger pointing it's more like a learning exercise and a lot of times we as well encountered we learned something so for example we use aws as our cloud provider um, and we learned how some of the things are working in the background because we had an issue which we didn't understood and it was so mind-blowing afterwards but we said, wow. oh yeah we need to apply this to all of our uh, services because we wasn't aware if we hit a, a certain error rate that a lot of things get shut down. Yeah. And you think, yeah, okay, nobody told us. So how should okay. we know? Yes. And we had an outage to that. Yes, that happens. But it's like the learning was so massively that yeah, that we could apply it more global. Yeah. And that's really the beauty of any bad stories you have, um, that you can pull this up and, and make it happen again. 
Brilliant. I love that. And that's that's great learning. I, I've got stories like that as well, where uh, the problems have actually caused you to look under the covers of what actually is going on, which then you think you suddenly realize, oh my God, I had no idea that was there. So that's great. So thank you for sharing that. So coming back to you, Christian, what's your passion? <clears throat> start start again. What's your passion? What What's the thing that makes you jump out of bed in the morning and go, woohoo? Um. Yeah, my biggest passion is like to challenge the status quo. And um, that's had good and bad signs to it, <laughs> um, as you can imagine. So if you ever, every time challenge you challenge everything, people will say, oh, yeah, he's the negative and so on. So you need to find the right spots for doing that. But I'm, I myself, I'm, yeah, I would like to every time to make it better and to, to improve it, to make it continuously, yeah, learning whatever. I do, but also how we operate as a team, as a service, as a company, to see, yeah, there are things which we can do better. Um, yeah, if you see like a glass, for me, it's like a lot of time half empty because, oh yeah, we could so, do so much more. But then you need to realize, okay, what can we really do? And this comes a little back to what we mentioned, what we discussed earlier about change in for people. Yeah. And not everybody is like that who said oh yeah there's something new let's do it yeah. um and that's where yes uh to challenge that a little bit and be not be part so to be not part of the problem but part of the solution is something i i really like as well so that are the two statements i would say that's what what brings me up in the morning to be really there and to be able to be there and what I found very useful for my work environment is a great team where you can laugh together, where you can have fun, but also be serious um, if you have real issues. So where I really feel trust between the people. Yeah. Um, and I found this is, is sometimes much more important than talent. Yeah. And you can have the most talented people. If they don't get along, you will not have the same result with like the second most talented people who, who really work together. Yeah, I like that. That's, that. That resonates fully with me and many tech leaders that we've kind of spoken to. It's, it's about the sum of the parts, you know, it's, it's the how the team comes together and operates on a, uh, an emergence of something more than uh, the individuals. So while we're on the subject of passions, is there anything in your personal passions that feeds into your kind of tech leadership space? Um, yeah, um, good that you ask. So for me, sports, especially team sports, is very related to organisations. And, and team structures. So whoever has done a sport, a team sport, uh, will obviously know that. So you have a lot of times as well. Um, so I personally play play football, but on this pitch, you have all the different areas from a goalkeeper to a, to a scorer, and they need to fit together. Uh, but you still have your leaders on the, on the ground as well on the pitch to do that. And you have outside the manager who can influence a little bit, but you need to work together to go to the ultimate goal, to score to score one, yes. and to win the game. And similarly, I see it in team dynamics and in organizations as well. Um, I think the biggest difference, for, especially for soccer, is like we shouldn't uh, play against each other. We should play with with, with each other um, to make us successful. But to have a little bit of competition is also not worse um, because you go higher than. Yes. Yeah. You do train. Why do we go to training? Oh, because we would like to beat the others. Yeah. If we wouldn't need to beat them, we wouldn't train. Yeah. And and this relates very well as well to organizations and 
not only to tech, but in overall to organizations and how they work. Love it. That's right. It reminds me of my running. When I'm running with people, we always try to edge a little bit more, you know? It's, yeah. it's that group dynamic, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excellent. And as a leader, as a tech leader, how do you roll as a leader? What's your style? Uh, so if I showed up as one of your minions, okay, one of your team members, what would I see in your tech leadership? Um, what would you see on my end? It's like very, very driven from like, let's do it together, but also have a high standard. And um, for me, it's like, you, you know the word, uh, play hard, uh, work hard, uh, let's restart. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, <clears throat> So yeah, for myself, leadership, what, what, I'm, what you would see when you would join my team and work with me, you would see that um, a lot of things are important from a team uh, dynamic perspective, that we work together, that we trust each other. So for me, the most important point is trust my, my colleagues, my people, my, my employees in the end, um, that I can leave them alone for three weeks and I know they would do the right thing. And they would not sit there and on the beach and say, oh, yeah, I do nothing. I drink a cocktail. But I trust them so far that I go on holiday without telling them, okay, that are the most important things to do. I know they care. Um, and that's, for me, the most important piece. Um, on the other hand, it's like to experiment a lot. So give them the freedom to test new things and to, to bring them to, to a core to you know, live our our values. So um, it's very interesting. So we recently launched our company values or relaunched them with trusted, unique, inspiring, yeah. um, which makes very well sense. And for me, it's like, especially this unique and inspiring is very important in my style to say, if we can't do that, we don't will have fun and people get bored and we are not good enough. So that's why how I try to fit them together Yes. Um, and also a little bit um, outside work. So I found out the best teams I've seen work together if they could have fun outside of work. Brilliant. And that, that doesn't matter virtual or in reality. Most of the time in real life what was even much more fun. But yeah, we can't. We can't at the yes. moment. Um, but this team's chemistry is so important um, to bring us together. I love that. Yes, team of teams of teams, and 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 that kind of uh, uh, dynamic between them. That's brilliant. Being a tech leader, I can imagine you know you have some pretty hard times. You know some kind of moments. Uh, what keeps you up at night? What's the what's the thing that plays on your mind sometimes? That's that's a great thing. Um, what keeps me up at night is um, if I feel so, there are two things. Uh, one is about uh, if I don't feel comfortable what we build, to rethink this over time and time. If I think there must be a solution which is maybe better, yeah. Um, and it's something we we had to rush into production maybe, and I don't feel confident with. So that keeps me up. And the other bit is about um, it's mainly about security, and because you see so much things which are happening in the world. Um, from a test, uh, technology standpoint, new new attack vectors and all the kind of thing. How did you keep up with that? How did you make sure that we are we really protecting? Um, are we protecting our system, but also our customer system in the right way? Yeah. Um, 
and with all the new things that's coming up, um, some of them I've never heard before. Um, and it's even challenging, yeah, more challenging to have this than, um, yeah, ready for everyone. So that are the two main ones. Um, there, there's a certain which is not so present, but we'll, there was some where it was more pressuring, to be fair. Yeah. Um, to challenge yourself a lot of time, if you have the right job, yeah, mm. um, and have you built the people you lead as well the right job? And I can tell you from my personal perspective. So um, there were roles where I was not happy, yeah. And then it's like to really have the passion as well to say, okay, what what did I like? Where is my preference to to be to bring this up? And also to think, did I place my people in the right positions? Yeah. Yes. Um, are they really happy, or, or they only tell me they are happy? Yes. I hear, I hear you. So so with with one of these challenges here, what what makes it easier for you? What what would make it easier? Um, what makes it easier? I think um, the stabilization piece makes it much more and more easier with all the nice and good, great technology we have now out there um, to combine them. So that makes me a little bit sitting relaxed more, and you know, <laughs> the people who are now you know, doing the interviewing part as well, some of them. They know what they are doing, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's really, it's really cool to see um, when you have an outage and everyone in this course sits very relaxed there and waits five minutes until the other instance is up and running. Wow. <laughs> and nobody is scared, scared of it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and, yeah. And if somebody, and that was really funny. So we had recently an incident. Um, uh, as we had some outages in one of their cloud data centers. Yeah. Uh, what was so we were sitting with four people in this in the virtual war room, and you are so relaxed, and everyone says, "Yes, the only thing we can do is wait <laughs> until everything is is back online." It can't be faster because it takes this time. Um, yeah, what did we do in the meantime? <laughs> <laughs> while you're waiting. Yeah, yeah while you're waiting, you had fun. You, we helped other teams at that time because they had as well. Some, but you help other teams because you're so bored that your system is running. So <laughs> that's make, that makes us really feel cool with the stabilization piece um, if you have encountered that. Um, so yeah, that makes it much, much easier. That's- that's brilliant. I love that. I can imagine, um, yeah, I can just imagine everybody's just looking at each other's faces going, it'll be up in a minute, it'll be up in a minute, and there it is, pop. Um, it brings me on to an interesting topic uh, around celebrating your delivery, which probably people don't notice, is when it's actually working. Because yep. when it's working, nobody really notices, they just know it's working. But actually, that's that's your delivery, you know? It's the water you've got to swim in. So how do you make sure that you celebrate the fact that you are up most of the time? There isn't nothing to do. You know, celebrating that there is nothing crazy to fix. Um, the best celebration for us is we ask our consumers on our platform if they are happy. Um, so we started this recently to do it again. So we we done it not as often as I would like. Um, that's uh, a lot of times we don't ask often enough. Um, and that's not only for us, as I think, that, and you, you had a good point about celebration. How did you celebrate? Yes, we have the, in a lot of teams, the basic um, agile ceremonies where you see, yes, we have our demo and everything around that. But there you don't, a lot of times, don't celebrate operational stats. Like, oh, it's there. We hit our targets. We do that. And what we started to do is like to write a monthly newsletter. And when you get 
from people you didn't know, uh, positive feedback is the best thing what could happen. Yeah. Um, if they are happy with you, what you did and accomplish that, that's how we see ourselves celebrating a little bit. And the, the second piece is like, yeah, make call-outs to your team. Um, try to do every town hall meeting we have to to mention them and to show what is there. But it's hard, especially what, as a platform, it's much harder to do that than a fancy front-end team who can show here's a nice web page with the newest features. Mm. But yeah, we, we try. Yeah, yes, that's good. And c- coming back to your kind of teams, because I know this is really important to you. Have you got any tips for our audience out there around communication tips or creating and maintaining alignment, that beautiful kind of thing, getting teams to align and point in the same direction? Um, there are di- different things. Um, what I found useful and working, and I also can share what, what didn't work for us. Yeah. Um, I think what worked very well is to, to communicate with like-minded people that's very easy most of the time so we started as well like the community of practices um to bring people together to have a similar interest and spread the word around that and try to align over these things um but also to be very transparent so that was one of the most you know, beneficial things we did and i was a little bit skeptical at the beginning as well so because it was not normal for us mm. um it's like everything we as a team did, everybody could read and everybody could comment on. Wow. And it's so beautiful to see that people appreciate that. Mm. <clears throat> and and to bring this forward, it really helps to, to get the alignment um, together to make this clearer. Um, the other thing is like to really address the different levels you have. Yeah, so... Myself, I, I deal with engineers, I deal with technical managers, I deal with our uh, leadership, with our overall IT uh, board, make the message consistent and get buy-in everywhere. So, because as soon, even if you have the engineer buy-in, that doesn't mean everybody has the buy-in. Yes. And this makes it, makes it difficult as well in certain areas. But this is where I see a lot of things um, are very well working. Um, I mentioned something didn't work for us. It's like just yeah, just telling everyone, oh yeah, we maybe do that and um, never ask for feedback. Ah. So that was one of the early learnings we had. So we we now in every newsletter try to make like a little bit of a fun fact or or something that you know people have read it and understood it. Yes. Um to get this feedback, even if it's and um, that was one of the best sessions I had with somebody. Even negative feedback is, is feedback. Yes. And you can disagree, and that's absolutely fine, but to get even a feedback is so useful for, for everyone. Yeah. And even if you say, I don't like that, yeah, we don't can't use it, that's good, then we know it, because yeah. then only then we can change it. Yes, yes, that's right. Feedback is... Uh sign of a healthy system all healthy systems have good solid feedback loops and honest ones you know based on reality so that's great um organizational growth obviously tui is is a a a very successful organization and i imagine that it wants to grow in your opinion what what are the um engineering and other factors that help the growth of the organization what are the foundations um i think one of the foundations really to 
acknowledge or to mention earlier like, to to become a software company that you recognize that so that's for us a two is one important piece because this brings much more input as well um from a talent perspective would you like to be attractive and so on if you acknowledge that you will become a, a software company then this helps you massively because people see this connect between business and it and to make it successful yeah i think the second one is um have have as well technologies people would like to work on so we do a lot of with aws we do a lot of with uh, different languages so um you will find people much more to to be likely in the organization if you offer them a technology they would like to play with yes yeah, they, they are attracted to that they would like to to use um and the third bit is like give give people a little bit of freedom to experiment so yeah. from teams where we have that they are more likely to to get new people on board and you, you have some happy um to bring this together yeah I love it. I love experimentation in organizations because you really don't know what the results are going to be. One, it creates fun and, and also it creates opportunities. And we were talking offline around uh, some of the other organizations out there where actually their success has been down to that experimenting. You know, it uh, serves the business as well. So that's great. So as we come to the closing arc of the podcast, I want to ask you some really interesting questions around your tips for other tech leaders out there. What tips would you give to aspiring leaders? Um, I think one of the biggest one, what I learned minimum was like, um, and we wasn't very good at this in the past, like really brings a connection between what you develop and of what you are building. How does it influence your company? How is the relationship um, with whatever you build to the outcome of the business where you found it on, especially with traditional businesses, very hard sometimes. Um, but this is like, find out why you are doing it. <laughs> Yeah. And, and what is the reason behind that? Um, so that does number one. The second piece is concentrate on your setup of your team. Make make it working, make the organization work together and have a unified goal together um, because this will help people to, to go over the limits a lot of times to make sure that they do it. Yeah, brilliant. Um, Excellent. <clears throat> Um, yeah, maybe to add what what doesn't work for us very well is just like say, oh yeah, um, let's do agile, and you have nobody who have done it before. So you need people to guide you through the process. You need people to help you and to coach you um, to do that either either internally or externally. But don't do it just because the manager or you're like, oh yeah, we do that and leave them alone. They will figure it out. Yeah, I like it. I, yeah, coaching is. Is, um, is, is a very powerful tool. And it's good to see a lot of organizations actually starting to bring that in. In fact, your your department is a coaching department. So it's, it's, it's great to kind of see that. Any books that you'd recommend that you'd like to share with uh, tech leaders or just leaders in general that have been gateway books for you? Um, yeah, one of them, I think most of them will know. So uh, I was very inspired from the Phoenix Project as it first came out. Um, was really funny how I came to that because it was an Amazon book recommendation as I was searching for something and I said, oh yeah, something interesting. Um, but I learned so much over that. So um, that that is yeah my number one book recommendation to everyone who would like to understand how IT should work in a business context as well. Um, so very, very written from Gene. Um, 
and the other ones. Um, the other one is um, from John Smart, the book he recently announced. Um, what was the title? I have it here somewhere. <laughs> no. Let me find it out quickly. <laughs> no, no problem. Uh, I have it in mind, but you know how it is. Yeah, I know it is. It's there on the edge. It doesn't want to come out right now. You know? Dear. A better value sooner, safer. Better value sooner, safer, happier. So okay, let's, let's, let, so yeah. we've got a break between. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Um, if you start off saying, and my second book is, and then that we can. Uh... Yeah. Let me find the screen back. Oh, there. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah. The second book is um, from John Smart. Um, better value, safer, sooner, happier. Um, where he describes a lot of the digital transformation pitfalls, if you like, and also what worked, and also that not everything is the same. And I think that's very important um, to show that are concepts, but you can't apply a concept directly to your company. You need to be adjusting it. And I think that's, that's important. Brilliant, excellent. And here we go, it's a fun one. I'm gonna become a genie for a minute, a tech genie, and I'm gonna offer you a wish. Christian, what's your wish in the tech space? Um, in the tech space, my biggest wish would be that we don't have so many innovations in the so short time to have <laughs> less innovation to be yeah to keep up with that because uh, a lot of times you build something, you find a minute like oh yeah, there's something new cool which you could integrate, and it's like there are so many cool things out there. Would be good to pause for like let it be only two or three months and yeah. just to to be able to catch up. And you see all the big companies who now. Um, yeah, innovate on a on a daily basis so much. How should you, you keep up with that? Yes, I can imagine. Uh, I, yeah, I can imagine, especially like in the cloud, there's updates and features and all kinds of stuff being added all the time. You know, which is adding to your uh, need to have that kind of knowledge base. So yeah, I'll see what I can do on that front. I'll have a word with the big with the big developers. <laughs> see if we can slow it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and. And the full stop for the for the podcast together. Sadly, our time's come to come to a close. What's your key takeaway that you'd like to offer the tech leader men and women out there? Um, the top keyway is like focus on your team building. Focus on whatever you you would like to have as passion. Um, but take a look to who who is working together with you, and make it to the best out of that. And yeah, bring bring the people to the right positions where they can make the most impact for you. Brilliant. I love it. Great note to finish on. Thank you, Christian, for your time. It's been wonderful having you on board. Thank you, TC. It was great to speak to you.